Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me is longtime friend and contributor to the show, none other than Claude, fly till I die, Lathan. What's going on? Hey, do we still have the uh, the sound bite? Is that of still course. active? Of course. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I, it's been so long. I need. I can't wait to hear it. I think. I can't remember if the last time you were on, I actually used it though. I because <laughs> I think I think I think it was on the old my old memory drive. So when I was firing yeah, up yeah. the podcast, I was like, oh well, I'd have to go back and get the old one. That seems like a lot well, of I'm work. Putting, I'm putting you on the spot now, so if I don't hear it... It'll then, be there. Uh, I know. Uh, okay. Okay. It, it, it'll be there. <laughs> don't worry. I'll put in the effort. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, very, very excited. Um, it's been a while since I've actually co-hosted a show. You know, I, I think the last time I was even on, it was just for, uh, you know, quick segments. But, it's been a lot of uh, basketball. Whether we're talking, so true. Yeah, I was going to say, whether we're talking hoops or we're talking about, you know, what's in the news, I'm always happy to join. It's Man, I'll tell you, it's I, 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 I didn't look at it before we came on the show, but I feel like... <sighs> It's been it's been close to six years since the first time you've been on the show. Jeez, it's crazy! That's wild. Yeah, that is insane. It doesn't feel like that. Um, you know, we always joke about uh, Heath introducing us and and yeah. you know being back in Columbia and uh, since then your beard's grown about four feet. You've shaved it back and then it grew another two feet. And you know? I've got a Fu Manchu now. Yes. So uh, yeah, things have changed. Facial hair, listeners. Facial hair has changed. That's buy a razor. That's mainly it. That's right. That's mainly it. But Claude, more recently, I want to share. Uh, I want to share my weekend happenings with you. I yeah. Let's I, hear it. Um, I want. Have you have you ever been in a in a in a bike wreck? Like a, a bicycle wreck? First time I ever drove. Uh, drove. Wow. First time I ever <laughs> rode uh, my bicycle. Uh, this was like the first time without training wheels. I, uh, my, my mom pushed me off and I swallowed a bug and I fell off the bike. Uh, so that's it. <laughs> that's my only bike accident I've ever had. So I'm going to guess that was more than a few years ago. It's going to, going to guess. I, I didn't have, I didn't have the Fu Manchu <laughs> then. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was in a doozy of one this past weekend. Uh, just a, a doozy. Jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the deets. Are you ready? All right. Okay. So first off, let me say, Claude, it could have been way worse. That's a fact. Could have been. So like you know, that's first off. Let's be thankful. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I mean, you're talking. You ex- seem like you've ex- you, you ex- got good color in your skin. You're good. Exactly. I know where I'm at. Uh, I'm moving <laughs> my hands in front of you, so that's okay. That was a little bit painful that movement, but it's okay. Um, so Saturday afternoon, I decide I'm going to get some fitness. I'm going to go for the old bike for some fitness because I'd been running like pretty much every single day. So I was like, you know what? 
let's go ahead and do the bike. Why not? You know, do a switch up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a long one. I have zero things to do this Saturday, so I'm gonna go for like a 50 miler. You know, and so I got wow. on the bike, and it was going well. I was 26 miles in. I remember vividly, 26 miles. And I'm going down an extremely, like, empty residential street. It's a long residential road that ends in a cul-de-sac. And, uh, you know, at this time, 26 miles in, obviously, I think most people that have ridden bikes at any length of time can would, would be able to attest, uh, my butt was numb. That's a fact. You know? <laughs> you know? That happens sometimes when you're riding the bike, you're sitting back in it, it gets a little bit numb. You're like, ah, nothing a, like a numb butt. You're like, I need some, I need some blood flow <laughs> going here. So what do you do? You stand up out of the saddle, right? You get up, you just basically stand up on the bike. Now, uh, I remember I slowed down a bit because I was getting the blood flow to my butt, uh, and I remember looking down. I have a little, you know. Uh, a little phone holder on my handlebars. And yeah, I remember yeah. looking down at my GPS and I was going 16.5 miles per hour, right? And as I go to pedal, I push down on the pedal and my chain pops. Chain, oh, no. Chain pops off of the sprocket. Now, obviously, when the chain pops off, you lose all tension on your pedals, right? So, if you're not setting down, it's basically impossible to maintain balance when that happens. And instantly, right. when I heard it, I knew that pop. And I thought, F That's basically... <laughs> instantly, I heard it and just said, Ah! And my foot slid off the pedal through my weight and my handlebars made a hard left turn and I went flying over them, right? At 16 and a half miles an hour. Yes. 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 And I, luckily, I listeners know I'm not good at many things athletic. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you know, I... Give I, yourself more credit. Give yourself more credit. But one good thing sort of athletically that I can do, I can usually always get my hands up. So true. And that's what I did. I was able to throw my hands up so my body did not take the impact. My hands took the impact. And oh, that's, you know, when you're a kid and you get all the gravel and, you know, whatnot in your hands. How you doing there? I you got, got, any, I got any... a little bit. You can see some of it there, but it's already, yeah, cleaned, yeah. it's already cleaned up. It's already cleaned up a bunch. The problem Ooh. was I landed all on the right side of my body, right? Predominantly my right arm. And my palm hit the ground and it just shockwave all the way through my right arm, <sighs> right? And I rolled over lying on the ground. I remember like looking up at the trees and just being like, oh, not good. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. That was damage, you know? And as I'm writhing in pain, I see this car pulling out of a driveway, literally like, you know, 15 feet in front of me. And the dude pulls up and he's like, are you, are you okay, bro? 
And my, <laughs> like, you know, normally in those situations, you try to play it cool, right? You know, you try to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. But, like, I knew this one wasn't good. So he was like, you okay, bro? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> and he said, I, I didn't think it looked good. But when I first came up on you, I thought maybe it was a guy like doing yoga. And I was like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> I was it like, was a, did you have an, a yoga outfit on? No, I had workout clothes on. I mean, I had a sleeveless uh, shirt and shorts on. So, like, you know. Well, he needs to know what yoga people look like. <laughs> I was I was too in I was in too much of immense pain to say it, but afterwards I was like, oh. I should have made a I should have made a joke. I, I should have been like, uh, not unless there's a yoga pose called wrecking bicyclist. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I wrecked my bike. But I'm feeling very uh, grounded right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> meditating, meditating hard. But uh, he helps me up, and I immediately notice my right shoulder when he helps me up was like pretty much useless. Right, Ooh. like like I just got up and I like. I could barely even flex my elbow, but like anything in my shoulder, I was just like, nothing. I've got nothing, and it is very, very painful. So this good Samaritan, David. Yes! David was David. Like, yeah, David. Yes! He was like, what do you want to do, bro? Hmm. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I thought to myself, seeing as how my shoulder didn't work at all, like, it needed to get looked at. So, right. like, I, but I didn't want to, like, ask him, but at the same time, I didn't, like, have any other option, you know? So I was like, do you, you think you could take me to the, the urgent care down the, down the road? And he's like, yeah, no problem, man. I was just like, oh. Really? Yeah. David. Was, yeah. And I was like, awesome. So we get in his car and we're driving over there and, uh, you know, it's hurting pretty bad. The the longer it goes, the more it starts hurting. And uh, <laughs> he's like, at one point, he's like, I was a little worried there. You look, you look sort of, you know, you didn't look so good. I was worried you're gonna gonna pass out on me over there. Huh? And uh, now, Claude, the listeners out there definitely know that I'm a hypochondriac. That's a fact. So once oh, yeah. he said that, the rest of the way to the urgent care, I was like, Ben, don't pass out in this car. Are you feeling like you're going to pass out? And you're, I think you're passing out. Stop it, Ben. Don't pass out in this car. You're going to look stupid. Girl, come on. Don't do it. So I was fighting not passing out in this car simply because he said, it looks like <laughs> you're going to pass out back there. Blame. Uh We get to the urgent care. It's already closed. It's closed. Was it after? Uh, they closed at like seven, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it's six. It's six. Six. What? No, it's... I I was like, who who has an urgent need in the middle of the day? Come on. All urgent <laughs> care should be at night. That's what should happen. So, like, I'm just like, oh, God. He's like, well, what, what do you want to do? Hmm. And, like, again, I felt like an even bigger <laughs> But I was like, could you take me to the hospital? And he's like, sure, hop in. I was just like, David. What? He's, he's just, this is two for two now for David. Right? And so, like, I, I would, I totally would have understood if David would have been like, no, call an Uber. And I would have been like, right. okay, fair enough. This dude's just like, <laughs> nah, I'll take you to the hospital. And we get there, 
Uh, and he's like, I'll go in with you. And I was like, you can, you can go, man. You're good. He's like, you can't even carry your stuff in there. Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take it in there. And like, all I had was a water bottle and like my phone and stuff, but he carried it in there for me. <laughs> and like, I'll speed the story up for the sake of the show, Claw. We got to, we got to get to show stuff. But it takes there. Uh, it, it, we, we get to the hospital. It takes forever. They finally take me out of the waiting room. They get me to X-rays. Then I get sent over and, and wait for another like 45 minutes. They come back in and they tell me I've got a dislocated shoulder and a compression fraction. Ew. Um, uh. Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, I wait at like 40 more minutes and then two physicians start pulling on me uh, to reset my shoulder. Um, and the guy who's doing the like work was like, wow, this is a lot harder than it usually is. Must be because of all your muscle. Huh? And I was like, do you just work with geriatrics or something? Because I don't, <laughs> we don't have a ton of muscle to work with, but thank you. That's nice. They finally, they finally get it set back in. Side note, Claude. Resetting doesn't hurt nearly as bad as movies make it seem. I don't know if you've ever dislocated anything. Have you? I have dislocated, uh, which is crazy. Uh, my, um, I don't know how to really word it, but basically my um, ankle was dislocated. Uh, I landed on someone's foot in a basketball game, and uh, the foot was going opposite the way it should have. And my natural reaction looking at it, I mean, this was some survival Just tactic. like push it Just, back? I'd, yeah, I'd never thought in that way before, but I looked at it, I was like, brain said this ain't right and i grabbed the foot and i popped it back oh. into place i could feel the bone kind of moving around a little bit funky anyway it was horrible horrible pain went to the doctor they said 95 percent of the people that do that require ankle surgery with the metal bolts and yeah. all, the, all the you know and uh i was in the five percent that did not need the surgery strictly because he said i put it back into place immediately kind of crazy i i would feel like yours was more painful then than a regular like because like but you didn't i didn't have all the fun stuff that you have you have david <laughs> i didn't have a david that's <laughs> i had somebody running up to me from the strom in columbia with mm. a waiver that i didn't sign before i went in begging me to sign it so they wouldn't get in trouble mm. uh so yeah. i i wish i had had a david yeah yeah well you know i mean well um uh, the resetting, though, the re reason I said I, I, I bet it was more painful on your side, like the, my physicians oh. knew exactly how to, you know, pop right. it in the right place so I wouldn't be doing anything. And they, they were real careful with it. And immediately, like, my pain went from, like, an 8 out of 10 to, like, a 2 out of 10 after they did it. And I was like, mm. oh, that is so much better. But. To, to get back to the end of the story, they did an x-ray, <laughs> they reset it, they tell me, okay, here's all your stuff, they discharge me, guess who's still waiting to take me home, man? Three good, for three. Good good Samaritan, David. He said, waited the whole, did you offer him gas money? He just did this out of the, the graciousness of his heart? The graciousness of his heart, man. Wasn't looking for anything. Wow. Wasn't looking, my man D took me to the hospital and waited for three hours and then drove me home. And then drove me That's, home. Wow. So, question: Where was David originally going, so that you know he he skipped out on that to help you? Well, he Did was. He, 
He was set at home. He actually, while I was sitting in the uh, in the uh, waiting room with him, his wife called, and <laughs> it was basically like you, I could hear his wife over there, like, "I don't give a." Sh- this guy in the hospital hurry up and get home what are you doing waiting on him which you know i understand his wife's perspective makes sense um yeah also sort of makes sense why david might have stayed with me you know i'm just saying uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it sounds horrible I, I'll, I'll be there as soon as i can i gotta wait on this guy though so yeah you know would you rather go home to the person yelling at you or yeah. stay with the guy that you the, know, is the is guy that's just trying to saying thank you. Guy's trying to just not pass out. Yeah, hey, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but don't worry, listeners. I did thank David. I thank David with both uh, words, and I got him what I think is a pretty fantastic gift. I sent it in the mail today. Actually, I okay. hope I hope he'll be happy with it. He is a Buffalo Bills fan. So I got him a signed autograph picture of uh, Jim Kelly, their all-time Hall of Fame wow. quarterback. And so that's I, awesome. It's a long shot. I don't know if he'll actually enjoy it. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't like memorabilia, and he's like, "What the? F- I just like watching the games. What the f- is this?" Uh, but you know, I was like, <laughs> "Dude, dude, dude, stayed with me for for a whole afternoon. Took his whole afternoon and." catered around my broken shoulder person. That's that's a nice guy. The point is, Claude, the reason I brought it up, I hadn't really told the details to anybody as far as my injury, so I wanted to do that. Two, David is evidence <laughs> there are still good people out there, Claude. Still good people. That's awesome. I just can't, you know, if that had happened to me with my luck, I, you know, like I said about my injury, I didn't have a David, so... You know, shout out to all the good people out there. You know, we love those shout outs here, but shout out to David and all the other good Davids shout out there. Out. And 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 think about it, Claude. He didn't do anything miraculous as far as ability. Nope. He just used his time and his car. That's it. And it made him miraculous for it. So true. Can't yeah. Can't thank him enough. Shout out to David. Claude, are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Claude, we have a fantastic show. We have Bobby Cool on the show. That's his real name, Bobby Cool. That's right. That's about as cool as it gets. It is. It is. (laughs) And uh, I have a feeling if Bobby came rolling up on me on the road, he'd help me out like David did. I think he would. Oh, yeah. You don't have a name like that and not help people. That's true. Very true. Bobby's got a new album out called Family Time. It's fantastic. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, I think you've got this one. Pretty well-known fella uh, here in the acting biz. So, born in New York City, August 17th, 1943. Mm. Our birthday suit wearer started taking acting classes at the young age of 10 uh, at the Dramatic Workshop. When he was 10, he played the Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz. Continued to be fascinated with acting and cinema throughout high school. Once out of high school, our birthday suit wearer started getting small roles in the mid-60s. It wasn't until the 70s 
that he started getting substantial roles. In 1973, he played Mean Streets, a Martin Scorsese movie. Then in 1974, he played in The Godfather Part Two, where he played a young Vito Corleone. In 76, he starred in Taxi Driver, which features one of his most memorable movie lines. You talking to me? That line. Uh, in 1978, he started, starred in The Deer Hunter. Then in 1980, he starred in Raging Bull. In 1990, he played in the criti critically acclaimed Goodfellas. Then in 1995, he played in the extremely popular Casino. He played in Men of Honor in 2000. And he played as Jack Burns in the Meet the Parents series throughout 2000s. Five of his films oh, are on the AFI's 100 Best American Films of All Time. He's won a Lifetime Achievement Award from AFI. He's been honored by the Kennedy Center. He's won a Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's been nominated by the Academy Awards eight times. He's won two Golden Globes. Name that birthday suit wearer. Man, I'm gonna botch this. Is it? Um, I, I can see his face, but I I don't know if I don't think I've got the name right. Uh, and by the way, the Deer Hunter phenomenal film for those of you who have not seen it. It is. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember how many awards that won and was nominated for. It was incredible. Um, you got it. You got it. You know the name. Is it Pacino? Not Pacino. Close. Other guy in 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 the the uh, the Godfather series. Oh man, name it. Start starts with an R. Last name starts with a D. Oh, Robert De Niro. There it is. Okay, Robert about De Niro. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Took a little bit, but, you know, these are hit or miss for me. They always are. Let's be honest. Uh, Robert De Niro and uh, and Al Pacino have crossed paths several times. M multiple different movies. Uh, lots of gangster-related films that they've both been in. The Irishman. That's a fact. Uh, uh, God, mm -hmm. uh, Godfather, of course. So, you know. I kept wanting to say uh, uh, Joe Pacino <laughs> <laughs> by, instead of Al by accident. M uh, I was mixing up all the names, so I said, you know what, let me take a guess here. But no, Robert De Niro, phenomenal career, obviously. M moving moving Joe Pesci in there, too. You were just throwing everybody in there. Joe Pesci, Al Rick, Pacino. Rick Pacino was in there at <laughs> one point. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think this guy coached Kentucky, right? Am I right? Louisville, too? Yeah? No? That's not this guy? <laughs> Okay. All right. Once again, basketball somehow comes Sweet. up. Yeah. Can't help it. It's it's you, Claude. It's understandable. Uh, it's in my veins. He's turning seventy nine. Robert De Niro. Seventy nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Happy How birthday, Robert. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Folks, go watch uh, one of those favorite flicks. Man, Raging Bull is awesome. Taxi Driver is awesome. Men of Honor is great. I love all the Meet the Parents. You should see them all. They're all fantastic. Uh, Didn't they re did they remake Taxi Driver or was that just a different movie that was more made into a comedy? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'll have to look it up later. It, I, I, yeah. If they did, it's it did not meet the standards of the Robert De Niro one because no, I, I did not never. hear enough about it. Um, <laughs> Claude, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Claude, we're going to start here in Florida. Uh, here's the headline. Quote, naked Florida man 
with machete tried to rob a man of his clothes. Word. Yep. That, that sounds about right. I, uh, <laughs> you know, lived in Florida for about three and a half, three, three to three and a half years. And um, there's some people that I could see doing that. God, I, I don't know about you, Claude, but if a naked man comes up to me with a machete and asks for my clothes, they get them. <laughs> they get them, no questions asked. That's a fact. I am naked in about 30 seconds. Maybe maybe quicker. Depends on what kind of like pants I've got on. But, you know, not now because of the dislocated <laughs> shoulder. I'd be slow with the shirt. I'd be like, yeah. Now, Hold what on. if the naked man with the machete came up to you after you fell off your bike and it wasn't David? That's the question. If... If that naked man with the machete was willing to take me to the hospital, I would be in his car and be like, so. I don't think he'd be getting a signed Bills uh, memor- uh, memorabilia. You D- know? If he if he was a Bills fan, he would. If he was. <laughs> I'm guessing he's more of a fan of, like, antique machetes, though. So, you know, it just depends. Here, this is, this is from 200 years ago. And this is a very nice machete. Take it. Uh, well. Dug it up himself. (laughs) So in the article, um, it says deputies say the naked man was picking palmetto berries in the woods when he came running out with a machete and demanded the clothes, wallet, and phone of the victim. Which, I, I know it's not the focus of the article, Claude, but like... Why is he forging for berries? Like <laughs> they must have been psycho psychological psychedelic berries. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> that led him on this path I, to rob someone with his machete. I just imag- imagine that it's like you know, like like a forging nomad. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, I should probably attack this person while I'm getting these berries. <laughs> like just like. Uh, apparently, as the victim handed over the items, the victim told uh, deputies that the, the machete man hurled his machete at him. He threw the machete at him. Luckily, oh. uh, the victim was not hurt. It just hit him with the handle. Very good, uh, you know, uh, very lucky there. Uh, and then wow. the, the naked man ran off, jumped into a Dodge Charger... And drove away. Word. Which they don't really specify whether or not it's his Dodge Charger. They just say jump. That's what I want to know. They just say jumped into a Dodge Charger. And I'm like, there's, was that his? Did he literally drive out in his Dodge Charger to go pick berries naked? And then was like, <laughs> you know what? I'll attack this guy while I'm at it. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Did anyone get a license plate number? Did he even have a license plate? He got arrested a couple hours later. Don't worry. Don't worry, he showed up somewhere else naked. Um, (laughs) Always naked. Obviously, this this sort of goes back to your original idea about the berries, Claude. Uh, This is at the end of the story. It said, uh, Deputy said the man has a criminal history that includes convictions for kidnapping, false imprisonment, and possession of cocaine so true which i hope i was wishing you were going to say psychedelic berries <laughs> <laughs> that's really specific i didn't know they had a charge for psychedelic berries but all right i guess uh but you know, know after you see after you see cocaine on there you're like eh, okay naked foraging makes more sense i see where you could end up in that situation <laughs> and then the next day go you know what guys that was a bad idea shouldn't have done that I wasn't in the right headspace there. Nope. Claude, have you ever seen a group of crows and thought, I'd like to be a, I'd like, I'd like if those crows were my friends. 
Yeah, I'm a Rick and Morty fan, and uh, the end of, I believe, season five, Rick has episodes, it's called Rick and Two Crows. Nice. He, he befriends crows, and I thought that would be really cool to have two crows as a friend. Yeah. Well, good to know, because guess what? There's an article out there for you. Sweet. Really? Yeah. And this show here is pro-crow, Claude. We like crows on this show. Pro crow, baby, I love it. They're one of they're one of the smartest birds, and we're fans. Life hacker, life hacker. The the uh, website offers an article that's uh, titled "How to Befriend Crows and Turn Them Against Your Enemies." Now, uh, Claude, I was excited, <laughs> like I said, about this article. I was like, fantastic! I want to know how to do this. And I was hoping for some real insight, you know, sort of like a like a secret gang symbol that you could flash crows and they'd be like, gotcha, totally, you're in, let's hang out, you know? That's a fact. But sadly, no. Girl, come on! No. Steven Johnson, the author of the article, suggested the thing that I think probably like at least 75% of people listening right now would think of to attract crows. What would you think would attract crows, Claude? Some sort of food, you know, bird seed. Yes, yes. And this author put it in there like he just solved an impossible Rubik's cube. Like, like <laughs> every single organism doesn't respond positively to food. I was like, Blam. come on, man. Yeah, I know if I put out some food and hang out somewhere in the vicinity of the food, when crows come down, they'll be like, hey, it probably came from that guy. I guess we could be friends with him. Like, that's like, you know, I mean, it's amateur. Has this person ever been to a beach and seen seagulls? Yeah. Don't ever hold your food. I mean, it's 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 bugs to a light. But but the the thing is, I will say, I don't think I don't think seagulls are capable of ever being your friends. They're No, I mean they don't have the brain power that a crow does. They're just you know? they're just waiting to steal your food and that's it. That's that's <laughs> all they want to be a part of. Um, they're they're the butler from Mr. Deeds, not Mr. Deeds. Exactly. So, um, listeners, uh, if you want to be friends with crows, write it down. Food. Sweet. Uh, and as the article says, <laughs> they're omnivores. So pretty much anything you want to put out there, they'll be good with, which is evidenced by them always being around uh, trash heaps. Uh, they're pretty much fine with anything. So... If you want to put out just scraps, they'll be good with it. Uh, Claude, Hashtag pro crow. Pro crow. We are very pro crow. Us, um, <laughs> you know, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, we're all pro crow. Claude, interesting story out of San Francisco. The owner of Sam's Market, Hisham mm. Abu, uh, is recovering from a gunshot wound. Don't worry, listeners. He's going to be okay. Stable condition. He's fine. Apparently, though, this happened when a man came in with a lottery ticket and became angry when he was told he didn't win. This is uh, mm. this is directly from Abu here. He says, He told me you sold a fake ticket, and he had a balloon in his hand huh? with a pin from the front, and he had a piece of wood almost a foot long. He hit the balloon with the piece of wood and a bullet goes out and it hit my shoulder. You know what? Wow. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> like I, it took me a second there. I'm just trying to visually image yeah. this scenario and so, a balloon. Yeah. And he punches yeah, so, a bullet out. Yeah. So basically, it's got a, like a balloon. Imagine like the center portion of a gun with like a balloon on the backside of it to sort of be like the trigger hammer, right? And he hits the balloon. It pops, causes the bullet to come out. You know? Wow. But like. I was thinking about this though, and like so many questions come up. First, does this actually make a bullet move as fast as a real gun? Like, just by the way it's described, right? You'd think it comes out like a, like like at a little rainbow style, like out of the gun at like 15 miles per hour and just hit a boo and bounced off. But apparently, as fast as a real gun. Apparently, the actual wow. launching mach mechanism as fast as a real gun. Which, though, like, <laughs> thinking about that, <laughs> it doesn't seem like the most travel-friendly approach to modern weaponry. Nope. You know? Like, this guy going over to Sam's Market with his homemade weapon, it seems like it might be a little bit difficult. Like, you're on the bus... Somebody hits your balloon and your gun just goes off and shoots you in the stomach. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shouldn't have inflated the balloon before I got on the bus. Guess that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> like third, let's just all admit, this just looks goofy. Like, what are you? Come on. I mean, I know he's probably saving some bucks with this, but like. It's like if you got a speeding ticket from a cop dressed up in a cookie monster costume. Like, the end result would be the same, but both of you would still just feel ridiculous. Like, no. Oh. I won't I would like to see some footage from that, you know? I wanna I wanna see an actual the real thing. I mean, I'm sorry that Abu got hurt, but um you've gotta admit now that we know he's okay, it, it's, it's intriguing. Funny. It's intriguing. Right? It is very intriguing. Maybe funny is not the right word. Intriguing, interesting. Yes, I would like to know. I, I, I almost guarantee there's a video on YouTube that has this. That, I, that you know, not Abu actually getting shot, but one of these mm -hmm. guns actually being fired, so we could see right. that action happening. You know. Anyways, just <laughs> some food for fodder there, guys. Uh, Claude, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other. Uh, than Bobby Cool. But first, we're going to hear one of his fantastic songs. This is Crazy, right here on the Doc G Show. So maybe your grandma is drinking again And she's wearing out that open bar Maybe your brother is acting a fool And just like he grew up in a barn Well, you're worried about my mama What she think if only she knew
fifth wife And your cousin's got jokes and glass of champagne And can't get her off of the mic Well, you're wondering about my daddy What he sees from his palm On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the show. Yes! It'd really help us out. It really, yeah. It's very easy to do so. You can go on the website. Uh, you can subscribe there. Uh, you can subscribe two ways. You can subscribe to our email, uh, which is on the website. And then you can subscribe the Apple Podcast, which is right below that. I really get excited about the Apple Podcast subscriptions. Really gets me jazzed, because it's the best known platform for podcasts. So if you do that, <laughs> just know that I'll I'll be doing a little jig after I see that you subscribed. I'll be like, what? Another subscriber! <laughs> yeah! That's what will happen. That'll be me. So, just, just think about that, listeners. You're doing a good deed. Not to the level of David, but close. You know, not to not to that level. Uh, we we can't all be David. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a special situation. It's a it's that's a high bar to set. But if like four hundred of you do it all together, you guys equal one David. So, 
<laughs> just just think your powers combined, guys. It's sort of like a captain. I can't Planet wait thing. till David listens to this episode. By the way, it's he, gonna be great. He's he's it, it, odds of him listening to it. I don't know. Unless I tell him. <laughs> unless unless I text my new friend David and say, David, you have to listen to this show now. Huh? And then he's gonna be like, What did I? Why did I help this guy? That's a fact. This guy's demanding <laughs> that I listen to random radio shows. Anyways. We need to thank the regular listeners, Claude. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Los Angeles, California, and Asheville, North Carolina. The regular. The regular. That, that's awesome. I only heard you take one small breath it was. that whole time. It was. That was I, impressive. I used to be able to do it without any, and uh, luckily, I'm very happy to say we have enough regulars where I have to take breath. I wouldn't be able to do right? it without it. So, yeah. you know. Shout out to the regulars. Exactly. Exactly. Here we go. Some semi-regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Alum Creek, West Virginia, Dallas, Texas, Georgetown, Canada, Pompano Beach, Florida, San Jose, California, Honolulu, Hawaii, Albuquerque, New Mexico, San Antonio, Texas, San Francisco, California, Birmingham, United Kingdom, New York, New York, Greenwood, Indiana, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, Reading, United Kingdom, Hopkinton, Massachusetts, Foxborough, Massachusetts, and Wallington, United Kingdom. There we go. Shout out. There we go. Some nice semi-regulars there. A lot of places oh, yeah. that I have not been, Claude. A lot of places. Uh, so true. Uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I think I've been to like four of those. Five, 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 six. Eh, more than I thought. More than I thought. I was going down the list. San Jose, uh, Dallas. Um, I've been to Dallas. San Francisco, uh, New York. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what was that? Five, four. I think I that was it. that was five. I think Mark. I got two of those on there. I'd have to re-listen to the list. So, can you do it one more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Foxborough, all the fans of the Patriots. That's who was listening. That was actually Bill Belichick. Uh, he was mm. loves the show. Loves the show. Sweet. Claude, it's time to open up one of my favorite segments, Miscellaneous File. Got a couple of miscellaneous things here um, where, obviously, this is where we put things that we don't know where to put them in the show, so we put them in the Miscellaneous File, Claude. <laughs> Is this a new segment? Uh, it's semi-new. It's been New-ish. around. Newish. I mean, you know, since the last time you co-hosted, it's definitely new since then. I think. Yeah. I yeah. think. Well, I like it. I like it because we talk about a bunch of random things on this show. So no better place than to put them all together. Well, I, I think this this is basically as random as it gets. It's usually just thoughts that I have as I'm going down the road or watching TV <laughs> that I'm like, what the. <laughs> Um, so th- this was actually a thought when I was driving down the road the other day because I saw this store. Uh, Claude, have you ever felt like you needed to travel back to the year 2002? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay. Well, I've found a fast and easy way to do it. I realized how to do it very quick, very simple. Go to a Staples or Office Max store near you, and you will instantly be carried back to 2002. 
That store has not changed <laughs> since 2002. If you go in there, you're like, oh, oh wow. A landline with three lines and memory for messages? I didn't know I needed that. 20 years ago, that would have been pretty cool, but not now. <laughs> nope. How are you guys still in business? What is this? Like, it's. Have you been in one of those stores recently, Claude? It's been a while. It's been a while, but I will say, you know, for as much as technology and, um, you know, whether it's technology devices or, or you know, other items, I feel like uh, there are people that don't want to progress with the rest of us. Going and that's online. what these yeah. stores are perfect for. Amen. Amen. I went into Verizon store just the, uh, like a couple weeks ago because uh, I needed something when my service changed and it had to be yeah, yeah. in person. And uh, I went to the store and uh, the average age was about 85. So That's true. not an exaggeration. Like, I mean, everyone in there either had an oxygen tank <laughs> or a walker. And I was like, and I told the dude at the store, I was like, I've been in a Verizon store in a while. It seems uh, I'm a bit young for this store by like 40 years. <laughs> And the dude who was about my age, like, took it as, like, I meant I wanted to, like, meet people at a Verizon store or something. He's like, oh, if you want to go to one that has a bit of younger crowd, the one down on 50th, it's got some younger folks in it. And I was just like, wait, what? I'm not looking to hang out at a Verizon store. I was just saying, you got a bunch of old people in here, man. Anyways. Most places have do not loiter signs. This one says, come on down if you're age of 40 or below. Loiter and be confused with all the rest of us. <laughs> uh, Claude, the other thing I wanted to bring up in the miscellaneous file, the other day I saw an ad for the Jeep Wagoneer. And uh, have, you, have you seen these commercials? Are those those Jeeps that... Um it's a combination vehicle. It's a Jeep and basically a, a station wagon together. Yeah, well, and they look real. They they re look real boxy now. You know, they're they're yeah, big. Yeah, and and I was like, well, it looks all right, I guess. And I was like, you know, I mean, like I wasn't thinking about getting one or anything, but I was like watching it, and then it ends. The commercial ends, and they say uh, starting at eighty nine thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. That uh, that seems unnecessary. Who, who the f is paying eighty nine thousand dollars <laughs> for a Jeep Wagoneer? Starting, starting. You at can go buy a. You can go buy a Tesla. I believe. Oh, for uh, less Starting than that. prices are you know sixty yeah. seventy thousand plus. Yeah. Um, well, not not that I'm recommending for viewers to go buy Teslas, and not that I am not recommending it. I'm only pointing out that. If you wanted to go get a Tesla, yeah, it's cheaper than this. Yeah, I mean, like this. Basically, what came to mind, Claude, is like that's like a DiGiorno's pizza coming out uh, with a new pizza that costs sixty-five dollars. Like, you got the wrong <laughs> name attached to that price. It's not gonna work with this. Bring your product down. Your clientele are looking for something else. Jeep folks are not looking to pay $89,000 for a fancy station wagon. Like go put a go put a deposit down on a on a house, you know, <laughs> I'd rather get a house and go live in that than 
put all your money towards this. Eighty-nine thousand. <laughs> Eighty-nine thousand. That's incredible. Eighty-nine thousand. Uh, Claude, we're going to move to another new segment. This this segment we've been doing for several weeks. This is where I bring up just several news articles, but much faster style. We call this quick hitters. I just want to hit okay. just the highlights here. You know, the first one we've got is uh, Anthony Cancel. That's his name. Anthony Cancel was arrested in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the beginning of the month for attempted robbery at Weiss Market. He was arrested after surveillance footage uh, caught him stealing five cans of Axe body spray. Huh? That's it. Is he trying to go back to 2002? <laughs> <laughs> Claude, that's got to be the saddest, saddest thing to steal that I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> the police need to, the police need to give him an opportunity to punch somebody in the face for assault because, like, if he goes to jail with just this, he's getting zero respect in prison. Yes. No. At that point, just give him a ticket and let him keep the axe body spray because otherwise, it probably won't get sold. That's a fact. true. It's true. How bad does he smell? Does he smell worse than Axe or better? Like just he's got uh, he's got five gym bags that he needs to go use each bottle to spray inside the gym bag to make it smell better. You know how we used to do back oh, then. Oh yeah, you just gotta. That's basically like a like a washing your clothes right there. So, we were just lying to ourselves. That's how you do it. That's <laughs> there's a there's there's a hotel out there that I stayed at. I can't remember where it was, but like their whole lobby just smelled like Axe body spray. It was like they did oh. that for their lobby, and I was just Would, the whole time I stayed there, I was just confused. Every single time I'd walk through the lobby, I'd just be like, "Why? What? Where? Where is this coming from? Why is it giving like... you reminiscence of uh, of walking into an Abercrombie and Fitch? Well, it's giving me a headache mainly. But, anyways, Ooh. next story. Uh, sad story out of Meriden, Connecticut. Uh, a man accidentally shot his 17 year old son when he was trying to teach him firearm safety before going to the local shooting range. Don't worry too much the son is apparently in stable condition at the hospital claude um son first rule of handguns if you own one you're much more likely to shoot a relative than anyone else tough way to learn that lesson (laughs) tough way to learn it but it is true lesson Mm. um claude story out of the new york post here They released a story about how videos of men using a period simulator have gone viral on TikTok. Don't know if you've seen that. That doesn't sound right. No, that seems unnatural. It shows the men doubling (laughs) over in pain. And of course, uh, women are commenting on these uh, videos like, yeah, serves you right. Get some of it. Taste that medicine. You know, things like that. Uh, Oh, yeah. And you know what, Claude? You know what I say to this? Hmm. Pass. Tell me. I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't need all that. Uh, like the the men who have to put on the 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 baby simulator yeah. with the big belly bag, or yeah. you know, all that pass on all of it. I'm I, I don't need to try to I don't need to try something out to believe it sucks. Like, nope. You don't need to make me a hundred year old person simulator to know I'd rather be eighteen than a hundred. I got it. You don't need to. 
<laughs> oh, wow, I can barely move because I'm 100. That's amazing. I didn't know that. No, I know periods suck. I don't want one. Pass. No, I'll need it. That's a fact. Um, uh, last, last, uh, well, no, two stories here, Claude. Claude, uh, a man in New Jersey made news this past week when he returned a book that he checked out 75 years ago. Jeez. Wow. And I would like to know, did he do it on purpose or he found the book and decided to be an Adam and take it back? They they did not. Or, excuse me, a David and take it back. <laughs> they did not. They did not <laughs> pull the details on that, actually, in the story that I was reading. But I will say this proves without a doubt, Claude, that New Jersey residents at one point did read books. So... <laughs> I don't know why. It goes to show that uh, if the world ends, we'll be left with uh, cockroaches and libraries. <laughs> I don't know why I made that joke. I mean, I'm I'm in Florida, Claude. Come on. Yours was better than mine, so. Uh. We're, we're right at the front of the illiteracy chain here. Like, we can't. Come on. <laughs> but, but I do see these stories pretty frequently. I kind of wonder in these situations, like, if the person, like you were saying, not if they randomly found it. I always think it's like they... they decided like okay i've got to return it now i've got to do this mm -hmm. but i always think that it's like you know they're on their deathbed and this is their first baby step to doing like the right things like the library books to test the water of doing the right things but they've also like murdered someone that they haven't confessed to and they're like all right library book on monday murder stuff on tuesday we'll try it that way <laughs> See how the the library book goes good. If it goes good, we'll we'll tell them about Fred on Tuesday. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully it'll go over fine. Uh, Claude, over the weekend, last story here. Uh, Kodak Black and his attorneys have claimed that the Florida Highway Patrol needs to return seventy five thousand dollars of cash that they confiscated from him and his Dodge Durango that they seized from mm. an arrest a month earlier. He was, uh, he was arrested during that uh, seizure for uh, trafficking, alleged trafficking of oxycodone. Um, okay. Couple things on this story real quick, Claude. I know Kodak's a famous rapper, but when you're arrested for drug trafficking and you're demanding $75,000 in cash back, it's not a good look, you know? It's not a good look on no. your innocence when you're carrying $75,000 cash. I mean, I get not it. Not a good look at all. I get it. You're rich, man. I get it. But still, use a card. I was like, okay, $75,000 in cash. But Dodge Durango? Huh? What? Did you get bad news on how to go back to 2002? You do it by going to a, a, a Staples, not by getting a Dodge <laughs> Durango, man. Come on. <laughs> You get, you, I'll tell you what you do, Kodak. You get that seventy-five thousand. You get another fifteen thousand, and you get yourself a Jeep Wagoneer. Come on, man, get in there. <laughs> Jeep Wagoneer, I'm all about it. If Kodak Black goes and uses his money to buy a Jeep Wagoneer, all will I will be listen right. to one one of his songs. There it is. I'll put it on my. I'll download it. You heard it, Kodak. It's worth your time. Claude will I stream. I dare you. Claude will stream one song, which means you will get approximately 0.01 cents from that. So 
you need to get a Jeep Wagoneer. It will be worth. If that's not investment on return, I don't know what is a return on investment. Yeah. Your time, Claude. We're gonna take a break. We are gonna be right <laughs> back with none other than Bobby Cool right here on the Doc G Show. This is ninety five point five Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This is Rock Montana. This is Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are super excited to welcome a fantastic singer-songwriter who just released his album, Family Time, Mr. Bobby Cool. Bobby, how are you, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? I am doing well. Doing well. Uh, I gotta ask, how many times... How many times since the first gig, <laughs> since uh, DT uh, uh, downtown... Uh, yeah, DT is down under. Yeah. Have venues and promoters ask if Bobby Cool is your real name? Oh, uh, man. Um, I don't know how many times. Uh, I would, if I had to percentageize it, I would say 75% of the time. Okay. Not, I, I get that question. Not a lie. I have it written down 95 was my guess. I had 95%. Okay. So. Oh, man. And, and honestly, you you may be closer. I, I, I this that's just like spitballing off the top of my head. But it I, I I get that question. But then it's the the one that is fun for me is uh, like if I go to the bank or something. Mm-hmm. Then it's like you know you hand your ID and you're like without fail. Oh, that's a cool name. <laughs> They're like. They just, you know, can't help the pun. Well, right, and then they go, "I bet you've never heard that one before." And <laughs> and you go, "No, no, I haven't. Yeah, Brand new, right? Brand yeah, new, like, uh, yeah." But but you you hundred percent, like yeah, it, it definitely comes. And and honestly, I would say, I, I'm not sure it's a good thing. At least as a performer, at, at the bank, it works great because they're like, oh. "It's good small <laughs> yeah, talk." They're like, oh. Right, it's like, oh man, but as a performer, it's like, uh, I don't know, get get a load of this guy, (laughs) you know, having his stage name be Bobby Cool, but, um. You're like, no, it's real, it's not, there's no stage name. It's it's real, yeah. I can't do anything Uh, about it, do you want me to plane up my name, Bobby Plane, (laughs) Bobby Boring, (laughs) coming in? So, when I first moved to Nashville, um. I actually I got some of the advice I got was like, hey, you you need to change your name, mm-hmm. and um, and it just it was like, you know, I I just no, I, <laughs> it's just not me, you know. So like, so really want to do the stage name thing, but but then it was like, okay, you know, so just just if I just say I 
change my and it, it was you know whatever joe just say it was joe cool yeah or, you know yeah. Was like and then people would have been like well what's your real name and then <laughs> bobby are you giving us a fake real name no it's actually my name yeah i, yeah, can, so. I can see the the trouble that would arise but there yeah. are some positives you did uh was was did you actually get an upgrade at at budget car rental uh because we of did. your name yes we did so we were we were playing a show out in uh arizona so we flew into albuquerque and i had booked um you know just like a standard toyota corolla or something rental mm -hmm. car and uh show up at the the counter <clears throat> and she says uh no you know i'm <laughs> i'm anticipating like i'm like bringing my paperwork and, yeah. and she's like oh, oh no we we saw your name and we had to upgrade you <laughs> so they they put us in i was playing actually i was flying out there with my producer adam haynes uh we were playing a show a duo out there and she's she's they put us in a um it was a dodge charger i think uh and and i we honestly it was it, it was a fun upgrade because we were driving you know across arizona so where's there were some straight stretches we got to let it run which Li was living large galloping yeah which was fun nice yep. nice well I, speaking of those <laughs> gigs uh i mentioned your first gig that that wasn't until junior year in college and you'd only been playing uh, guitar a couple of years before that, really. Well, yeah. So I, I picked up guitar. Um, I, I played sports in high school, and um, it was you know senior year, um, towards the end of senior year, and sports were kind of winding down, and it was kind of like, you know, I had some free time, um, and just it was really I picked it up as uh, as something to do. Um, it was like this could be fun. And and really just fell in love with playing. Um, I, I was list so I started listening to country music in um, it, I would say early on in high school, like freshman sophomore year, and um, and and really fell in love with with the that country sound. I, I grew up listening to guys like James Taylor, um, Billy Joel, a, a lot of great like storytellers, mm -hmm. song and and songwriters. Um, and, but there was something that like really resonated within me with like the, that married with like the country sound mm -hmm. of, you know, fiddle, steel guitar, very, um, and very acoustic driven sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the acoustic, you know, acoustic guitar really, um, it was like, it just was, it, I, 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 I fell in love with playing for that reason. And, um, and then, yeah, just. I love to practice and, and and then started playing for friends pretty early on too and they were like hey you're you're not you're not bad you know so I started getting some encouragement of like yeah that's that's pretty good what? and and so it just kind of naturally kind of went went from there and so you already you 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 had played piano <laughs> you were sort of uh, did your did your mom force you to play piano was that forced lessons uh, or yeah yeah, it wasn't. I, it never felt forced. Um, 
but I, it was one of those I did I was forced to practice sometimes uh, where it's like you know because we were going I, I took lessons for like eight years mm -hmm. growing up which um, was great and it definitely gave me some foundation with music um, but I never fell in love with it so never never like loved to practice like I did with guitar so you would I never would just sit down for two hours at the piano and play well um, you, you found found the guitar would you say when you found the guitar was that uh you, i mean you mentioned you mentioned country and whatnot and you said you you thought it'd be a good sort of pastime was it completely sort of on your own that it was just like yeah maybe i listen to these tunes i'll play this mm -hmm. was that just sort of yeah it it really was it was like um so when I when I did pick up guitar senior year, at that point I had kind of migrated from. Um, I was still listening to a lot of like mainstream country, but was all was being introduced to just kind of the different like shoots of country, and um, so the Texas country scene, a lot of the Red Dirt stuff, Robert Earl Keen, uh, Pat Green at the time, um, re really, you know, fell in love with a lot of that music um and so it was um when it, it which was is also even probably more acoustic guitar driven yeah. than some of like the the mainstream mainstream stuff so um who would you say back then uh in senior year was on like your mount rushmore of country artists and ha has has it changed i'm guessing it's changed yeah. since then yeah, it's it's probably changed, but uh, I would say it it probably hasn't changed a ton. Like some of my, maybe my top five um, in, in no certain order: um, George Strait, mm -hmm. um, Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. um, I would say as a songwriter, uh, Robert Earl King, mm -hmm. um, and then. Um, to to maybe throw some some somewhat newer guys in that have really had an uh, influence over the last few years, I would say um, I I love like a lot of what Eric Church does, mm -hmm. um, and then um, even of late, I would say either Chris Stapleton or uh, Tyler Childers mm -hmm. and kind of what what they do. Mm -hmm. um, but um but yeah that early on um if it were just texas country it would be you know pat green robert o'keen um la love it um well yeah. i mean uh with the uh, george Strait and and uh garth brooks can't get uh sort of bigger names in country yeah. than those two guys yeah sort of yeah luminaries which, by the yeah, way, if listeners sure. haven't seen the Garth Brooks documentary, pretty solid documentary. I don't know if you've seen that on uh, Netflix there they had. The Netflix one? Yeah, yeah I have seen it. That's yeah. Solid. So I can't remember yeah. if they... I'm pretty sure it's in that documentary as well, but it's also in the Ken Burns documentary on country music that they have. There's, okay. there's a part about uh, Garth Brooks where they have the uh, artist day uh, and people can come and, you know, meet the artist. And Garth Brooks yeah. didn't actually have a booth that day, but he just showed yeah. up. 
and he stayed yeah. there for almost 24 hours 24 in a hours, row yeah. and just no breaks and i was just like yeah that's that's respect right there that yeah. is <laughs> yeah so and it's funny you say that because I, I vividly remember we were at the beach and it was senior year in high school mm. and uh i, I think um it was cmt they had like a garth brooks special or something like that and and i'm like i'm just riveted you know kind of watching because it, it was honestly my first i didn't realize how big he was because mm -hmm. by the time i started listening to country he had essentially yeah. retired mm -hmm. and um so it was kind of my first introduction to to garth and it was like yeah like you said respect it's i mean he he definitely like i don't I, I don't care what like some people may say about his songwriting or anything else which i mean mm -hmm. his songwriting to me is amazing uh but yeah. but just the the effort that he puts into everything uh, mm -hmm. in, into his craft, into his his concerts. I mean, the other story of where he sold out uh, Texas Stadium uh, four times, and the first three mm -hmm. times were paid, and then after the third time, he said, "Okay, well, the next one's just going to be free then, and just yeah, free free concert." <laughs> like, I mean, awesome, awesome dude. Yeah, um, yeah. Now you uh, after after you got that initial taste uh, of country, you you went to college. You went to University of Georgia, which mm -hmm. not too far from your hometown. It's about ninety mm -hmm. minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Uh, and I I haven't added it up. I was thinking of it when I was getting ready for this interview. But we've had so many UGA artists on the show. Uh, there's just mm -hmm. so so many musical artists that come from UGA. I mean, we had Sam Birchfield and, and Connor Pledger and, and Jess mm -hmm. and Jade that are new alumni from uh, from mm -hmm. Hotel Fiction, the band Hotel Fiction. There's just a huge okay. music scene uh, in Athens. And uh, I hear those first couple of years for you in college, a bit of a, you got caught in that party music scene a tad there when you first got into college yeah. yeah for sure there were yeah the first uh the first two years of of school were um they were an experience finding uh, growing yourself. experience yes there certainly was some finding mm -hmm. um and but honestly um you know for for me it was it was kind of like um and, and honestly uh it I would say, so from a faith perspective, I, I, um, I, I, I found, uh, or I would say God used it to, uh, as like a refining experience. Um, and for me going, so I was arrested a couple of times, um, for, you know, drinking, um, uh, so under underage drinking destruction of property it was stupid things and, and thankfully yeah and, and, but thankfully it was it was relatively minor mm -hmm. um but it was it was summer before junior year mm -hmm. um i worked full time um to help pay for legal fees and um 
and I took night classes because my grade sucked. Mm. So um, it was the worst summer ever. Um, and I, I essentially went back to school uh, that year saying, like, I'm just going to stop being an idiot. And 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 part of that was we I was I was in a fraternity um, and uh, we actually had a fraternity Bible study. Uh, so I was, I, part of that was like, I'm going to start going to this fraternity Bible study. And, you know, I grew up in church, but uh, never, uh, never would really say now in hindsight that I, I had become a believer. But it, through essentially going through you know, the, the darkness of what I went through freshman, sophomore year, and then, and then the, uh, that summer, and then coming into junior year, it, God used that to, to humble me and, uh, show me my need for him and his grace and forgiveness for me. And so, and coming out into junior year, then it was, um, it was a different experience. It was like, I, you know, and you, you grow up, and there's some just some natural I think growing up that people do and and that you do in college but then it was like I, I in June I would say junior year I started to get some direction and so it was like I went back to school that year thinking like I with this desire of like you know I've been getting this encouragement um that hey you know you're you're pretty good you and people had said like why don't you play out and again going speaking to Athens like great music scene mm. so you can you can just do you can i think it, it it is so great because you it affords anyone really the chance to just test the waters mm -hmm. a little bit where it's like it's really easy to just I, that first gig it was i think i had recorded um a little like three song you know work tape demo cd that i brought to this uh this bar owner mm -hmm. and 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 i don't even know if he listened to it but essentially i think because i think what he heard i was like you know i'm in a fraternity you know we can bring some friends out and he was like yeah sure come on selling some booze nice let's do <laughs> yeah, it exactly let's do this and uh so he you know it was it was that first gig and and it was i mean i don't know if the place could hold 70 people um but we you know we we packed it and um and it was an experience where like every you're, you're you know i had learned enough songs to at least play a probably an hour two and a half or hour and a half to two hour show mm -hmm. and then i actually we played it with an, another friend of mine and um so it was that experience of people singing along you know a lot of energy uh kind of feeding off one another and it, it was just like this is pretty great nice. um so that that is is where i got hooked and it didn't take long i mean we're you know, the rest of junior year and the and senior year just constant uh anywhere you could find to play yeah it was um so you know we'd go back and play that same same bar but then really just started going up and down the street up and down broadway and um i guess it's broad and and um just the different you know bars and mm -hmm. venues in town and 
uh, and then started getting hired, you know, like for fraternity things, sorority things. Um, and so started making some, you know, pretty decent money for a college kid. And it was like, that was, that's where I think kind of seriously the idea of like, hmm, I, I wonder maybe, you know, maybe this could be a, like something that I actually did for a living. Always um, better for the individual performer like yourself too. No, I did that a couple of times with, uh, with, uh, bands. And when you're splitting that $400 four ways, not as cool. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Better, better one person. It's a much four times the paycheck. <laughs> it's much better. Right. <laughs> well, now after, after college, uh, I'm guessing you didn't have, I mean, I feel like it's probably one of those, were you in the boat like, I'd really love to be a musician. Ah, I probably can't be a musician. Is that why you went to insurance first? So, I, you know, I, I think it was probably just more, um, the word that I'm thinking is like natural. So it was, it, there wasn't a whole lot of thought process in it actually, where it was just like, so it was the end, I was coming to the end of um, senior year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm about to two in two months or whatever, I'm going to graduate. So it's like, well, I guess when I graduate, I, sh I probably should have a job. I knew I wanted to make a run at music and doing country. It was like, okay, well, again, Nashville is a pretty good place to do that. So uh, I had a friend in college uh, who was from Nashville. Um, she connected me with, with uh, her dad who connected me with this insurance company. Mm. And so I landed a job, um, you know, before I graduated in that took me to Nashville. So the idea um, was, this is my cover insurance job. Then I'll become yeah. a famous musician. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Like I get, just get me to Nashville and then I'll be George Strait. Now, <laughs> the end. <laughs> Uh, the end, right now. Cowboy I, rides away. Uh, do you you remember what? I'm guessing you remember what insurance company it was. Yeah, so it was um, the company actually was called Aim Healthcare. Okay, I, and and they they were they were like a third party, and what they did was they um, I was an insurance claims analyst, so I would I sat yeah. at a computer all day just looking for inch like overpayments and uh you know essentially where Fraud. the insurance cup right where the insurance company paid too much or and so then i would i would find those and then you sounds know, we, riveting oh man it was it was poke your eyeballs out like painful for me well, the um, reason I ask, you know, is is uh, Grand Ole Opry was owned by insurance company. I wanted to see if it was the the same Humana. One. Well, it, yeah, I think it's Humana was now. Was it Humana? Well, is it, it Humana now? Because it was it was it was uh, originally it was the National Life and Accident Insurance Company, and then they got bought out like in the eighties. I had to go back and look this up. They got bought out by AGC, and then AGC okay. got bought out by AIG. And then, okay, and then yeah, yeah. Humana came in, I think, after that. But, uh, okay, you know, I was because I mean, again, if you got one more connection, you're like, hey, I'm basically <laughs> employed by the Grand Ole Opry here, guys, right? And exactly, it's what I'm doing. Um, 
Now, Nashville's known, obviously, like you mentioned. I mean, it's known. It's Music City. It's known for talent, mm-hmm. and it's all. It's mm-hmm. always. I mean, I, I tell people it's it's bewildering how talented people are. Like I, every time I go to Nashville, I find somebody new that is amazing, and then mm-hmm. they're usually very humble because it's such a humbling city. Because mm-hmm. there are just so many people that are good. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you know, you, you meet a person and you're like, oh, you, you play? And they're like, ah, not, not really. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> what? That's, yeah. yeah, you play pretty well. Like, Yeah. yeah. Now, now, I mean, with that, how did that hit you when you started living in Nashville? Like, I mean, did you, did you, because, like, I mean, going back to uh, Garth Brooks, I mean, it happened to Garth, uh, right? He went in and he thought he yeah. was going to be the dominating yeah. dude, and then he just sees, like, whoa, and, like, yeah. actually left the city at first. So, like, yeah, what what was your experience? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was humbling, for sure. But it, for me, um, it was... I, so I had this. I go. I'm going into Nashville with so no music background, no business background, mm-hmm. um, and and so it. I'm going in essentially with like, okay, what what is this music business? How do you quote unquote make it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I I think I was I kind of showed up maybe more with. Um, a spectator's uh, view yeah almost like a, it really was it was like how, okay i just like i was curious like how do you how do you do this mm-hmm. like and so um i i you know coming to town because of the experience i had in college i think the one thing that i did recognize or want to start doing pretty early on was like okay well i should at least be playing shows uh or at least try to yeah. And so it I, pretty early on kind of just started knocking on doors of like whether it was writers nights or, um, you know, little local breweries or restaurants or whatever it was, um, just tried to start playing again. Yeah. Um, and and that was helpful because it it allowed me to kind of get in and start meeting either songwriters you know at at writers nights which also kind of led to this is kind of like a a side but it was i worked for a song plugger uh, a couple of years later after getting to nashville that um you know where it was like then learning a whole world of song plugging or or publishing or you know it's like there's all these different worlds but but playing shows uh helped me meet you know the the songwriters and the musicians Mm -hmm. and because then then it was like okay we i booked the show i got to put together a band and and one thing that you know you find out really fast in nashville is like like you were saying everybody's just killer Mm -hmm. and so the first the first experience i had with it was um i had booked this show and I and I think it was like an acoustic thing, so I needed uh, a, like a fiddle player. Um, and so, you know, um, through a friend of a friend, found somebody, went over to his house. It was like because uh, I was like, "Hey, man, we should we should probably rehearse." 
and so Try this out <laughs> once or twice let's see yeah yeah so I, I go over and i'm like I, I give him the set list or whatever and then i'm like okay let's let's just start running through some songs and so it's, it's like the first song he just like crushes it mm-hmm. and then you know the next one it's like we don't need to do this like <laughs> okay you, ne- never mind got, yeah you've got this and uh so that was kind of like oh and, and you know you you do want to rehearse sometimes and certainly there's a, a place for rehearsing but um with with a lot of what we were playing it was like okay these guys are just so good it's like hey tell tell me what key it is most people don't need to know it they'll you know yeah they'll, they'll hear it out yeah they'll yeah fi- yeah it's 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 crazy i mean i've seen so many documentaries i mean especially the like i i know it's a different level but like the session musicians that have been mm-hmm. playing for years and a lot of them have sort of filtered out or retired now but like some especially the old school ones they would come in and it's like you said they would listen to the song once and be like okay Tell me how much fiddle mm-hmm. you want in the song, or tell me how little. Mm-hmm. What kind of fills do you want? Okay, got it. And mm-hmm. then just play it yeah. perfectly after yeah. one listen through, and you're just like, "What? Huh? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it, it is. It's amazing. And and you've got it. It's it's a mixture. It's like you said. I mean, there's all kinds of different worlds. There's the publishing world and licensing, and there's the songwriters world, and there's the the players world. And it is different, like to the non music players out there, to the just the enjoyers of music that are listening. You have those people that are pure songwriters that are not mm-hmm. finger jockeys on their uh, on their instrument. Like, they're not going to play mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen style, but they can just mm-hmm. write an amazing song. And yeah. Then, and then you've got the other person that can't really write a song at all, but just anything you throw their way, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, there we go. There you go. Like, and, and I think that, that right there is kind of what makes, it, what makes Nashville... Um, like special, I, and I think they're you know Austin. I, I've I've been to Austin, but I've never really been in like in, you know in, in the music scene there. It's kind of the same thing with like New York, Atlanta, mm-hmm. L- like you know I know there are these great music scenes, um, but I, I do I just from what I've heard, even from other musicians, like there is something unique about Nashville where it's like you you've got guys like that where it's like it's just this um this like and when when i came to town it was one the one thing they said about nashville it was a, it's a big city with a small town feel mm-hmm. and so it, it just does feel very much um like a everybody community. knows somebody. yeah it's like a right it's like a community where it's like oh we you know it, whether it's you're trying to put together a band and then it just kind of the way Nashville works is like, everybody knows, so, you know, it's like, Oh, if this, this fiddle player can't do it. Oh yeah. Let me call this guy. I, and kind of, I pretty much so. guarantee every single artist that we've had from Nashville on the show. Uh, and that's a lot of them. Um, uh, and and all genres too, not country. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. we've had rock artists, R and B artists, mm-hmm. uh, like sort of house, almost techno. You know, from uh, they all 
you can connect every mm-hmm. single one of them. I guarantee you, yeah. I could go to them and be like, you, it, like less than six degrees of separation, like yeah. two, like just like, do you know right. this person? Oh, they know that person. Do you oh, know this? Right. Like, oh, we've played with that person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it is, it is, the, and you don't have that. And I've, I've talked to uh, LA artists before. LA is definitely more silo esque. You're gonna have okay. to work your way into those musician groups there, uh, and and artists that have been in L.A. that go to Nashville notice immediately, like, well, that was weird. These people just came right yeah. in and they just started playing, and we invited this person uh-huh. and they played, and like, so it's definitely a cool vibe. Uh, and you mm-hmm. you found your place uh, in Nashville, and you've been there ever since. Uh, your mm-hmm. your debut album. Uh, Light in the Dark came out in 2014, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's got some great songs on there. Uh, Take a Ride with Me, Sun Setting Low. Uh, mm. Those are my two favorites. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah. who, whoever whoever wants to speak up can let me know your favorites. <laughs> um, right. But uh, you released that album in the in April of 2014. Your son James was born five months before that. I can't yes. help but, and I, I sort of put myself sometimes in the artist's shoes when I'm thinking about this. I'm a bit of a nervous Nancy. I get very anxious yeah. about things. And I uh, feel like if I were you, I would have a whole bunch of extreme pressure on myself when that album came out to succeed, like to do huge things. Because now I've got this this family, I've got this son yeah. Did you feel that when that album came out? Yeah, man. Well, thanks for saying all that. Um, I would say if I, if just being honest, yes, I probably did. I, but I, I don't know if I would have been able to name it and like been aware of it. Um, I, I, and, and this kind of speaks to just where I was, um, you know, when it came out even, and, and, and just that stage of, of my career. So it's like, it's essentially, it was the first, you know, it's the debut album. Um, I've been in town at that point. It would have been, it would have been five years, four or five years, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, you know, when I think of it, it's like the first two, two to three years was me like figuring out, okay, what is Nashville? How, where do I fit in this? Right. And then, and then it was like, okay, I, f- I have a vague idea. And so, and <laughs> here now, I'm going to walk down this this murky path that mm-hmm. I can I can I can see this next step. Yeah. Um. And so, it, yes, when it came out, it was it it honestly, it just felt like okay, I've got these songs. Um, I I just need to put them out there um and so i didn't know what i didn't know and um recorded you know and because you know the independent release we put it out essentially with with no promotion nothing um and and yeah there was the like hey yeah i hope i hope people like it and i hope it blows up but there but there wasn't necessarily like the expectation it has of to like, work yeah yeah right it's like oh this is got, yeah it's got to work or we're we're not going to do this anymore yeah. it was more like kind of putting the stake in the ground of like okay this is this is what i have to offer 
as like kind of like the first thing yeah. and um and then and and at that point i think so we we had started playing uh shows pretty regularly it we've like had put together a, a group of musicians um that i think at that point we had called started calling them the nashville players mm-hmm. as the you know the band name and um bold name and bold name for nashville yeah, right yeah but uh and and some of it was you know like what we were talking about because it's it really was it wasn't the same guys every time yeah it was just a it's rotation. just a rotation of players in nashville but it was the, the that record was kind of like the the first like okay this is this is who i am right now these are the songs that i have and um let's put it out there and and see what happens well now family time out now obviously and mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to a, the the creation here in just a, a little bit but it, it took two years to come out from when you actually created it um mm-hmm. but even with that when you factor that in there's still six years in between mm-hmm. family time and light in the dark so mm-hmm. that that's i mean you know that's a long time for any artist uh yeah take me take me through what, what happened there i mean you know get you can give a, a fast synopsis but take me yeah. through what happened I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to keep you forever. Um, <laughs> Fill yeah, me in so on the, six I, years. What went on? Yeah, let me, <laughs> so here's six years. Um, the, yeah. The, the, the super fast version of it probably is. So the record comes out right in, mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think, um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it actually was nominated for Independent Country Album of the Year, nice. um, which was encouraging. Yeah, it didn't put any food on the table for a new nomination. You know, new, do now, right? Yeah, um, but it was encouraging, and it you know, and and I feel like even as an artist, especially you know, it you need those things sometimes. You need yeah. you need that encouragement. Yeah. Um, but that next year, uh, my wife and I were pregnant with um, our second son, mm-hmm. Caleb, and um, and at the end of that year, he w- he was born in November, and um, just kind of life, you know, things hit the fan, like mm-hmm. financially, emotionally, like. So when he was born, we were self-insured, which we didn't know about self-insurance and a ten thousand dollar you know pregnancy bill and so the ship went downhill and and, you know so you're just kind of dealing with the the normal day things of life of like hey how do we make it as a young family uh with two kids um at that point i think i was doing music full-time um and but we were we were doing a lot of private shows we were you know so we're we're not necessarily playing gigs all the time that's like oh this is so much fun it's like oh we're background music and i yeah so it's just it's just a job which you know i was thankful for the work but it's like if you do if you do any you know there's a there's a work aspect to anything you do and it and if it's like 
okay, this is really draining me. Yeah. And it drains you for a long time. And it's like, and it's supposed to be something that you love to do. And it's you like, don't get to be an artist. You're just. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm just a jukebox. Going through the motions. Yeah. Right. And, and so I, I think like 20, 2015, 16, 17 mm-hmm. was a lot of like scratching and clawing. Like I, uh, I definitely was in in and out of seasons of kind of like I would say being depressed. I think there's a difference between like depression and being depressed. Um, Fluctuating moods. Yeah, 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 kind of up and down. And and then and same for my you know my wife too. And um, and so um, it was really those years were we're just honestly just kind of like trying to make it Mm -hmm. and scrape scrape by Mm -hmm. and so it's like you you just do the next right thing Mm -hmm. Uh, you know or you you try to anyway and can't um, really develop a future plan when you're trying to get the next week's plan right and 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 so it it was it was very much that of like hey we're just in the grind of like paying bills doing what we have to do we have two young kids um you know, I think at that point she she was staying home with both of them, and um, so it was like I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about growing, you know, growing the career as much as just making trying to sustain yeah. a family. Yeah. Um, which was honestly it was it was really frustrating. It was, and which is kind of why I think. You know, there's kind of you. I would cycle in and out of burnout, and right. depression, and those kind of things. But um, thankfully, like you know, I would say that we the, the fog kind of lifted. Eight, you know, eighteen, nineteen, like things things had. I would say from twenty, honestly, twenty sixteen, the our music business grew. It grew every year, mm-hmm. so we were we were playing more shows. We were. You know, we we traveled all over the country, and um, and so there were there were good things that were happening, and there there were encouragements along the way, but it just over overwhelmingly did feel like the the hard grind to of see it, it but, in the um, moment. Exactly, yeah, but was still still writing. I, I, I'm I'm naturally more of a um, I'm not I'm not as much like a sit down every day and write kind of guy I, I probably would do better if i operated more like that but um but i'd be i kind of go in and in and out of seasons yeah so like if if i'm you know like honestly this last two years i haven't hardly written at all because we were trying to fit and finish the project right and so but you know but now i have a whole you know list of ideas and things that I, I would like to begin to work on and so 20 you know 16 through 18 was kind of that way where it's like okay you know i'm i'm gonna at least start hashing some of these out and so gotcha. with you know co-writes and so we, over those you know a handful of years three years or so we built up you know a, a pool of songs mm-hmm. uh and, and started playing those out that shows when we were doing them and 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 so had this group of songs you know coming into uh 20 you know 2019 and then into 2020 
Um, because so, it was it was the end of 2019 when um, Adam Haynes, my so Adam is he's a fiddle player. Um, he plays in in the Grass Schools, which mm-hmm. is bluegrass band. Um, but when he's not playing with them, he would play with me, and so we developed a friendship over you know three or four years, uh, just playing together, and 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 we're we have similar. You know, we we like a lot of the same stuff. I, I feel like we have similar, um, just like vibe and style for music. Mm-hmm. But, um, but he's he's also he's certainly you know hands head and shoulders way better musician and um, and I, I I felt like would would bring a lot to the table as producer. So I asked him um, if he wanted to if he would want to work on this project together at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of where family time got got started so you've had i mean you've had some of these songs then for five six years mm-hmm. before they they were released to other people yeah that's a long time to hold on to some songs uh now yes and now like many so many artists i've talked to I mean this in a purely economic way, not really in mm-hmm. obviously a health way, but the pandemic hit artists harder than really anybody when you talk about it in a purely economic way because, like you said, you're going around playing all these shows and boom, all of a sudden you can't play them. Uh, yeah. And on top of that, you went in to the studio with Adam in February of 2020. Two-day span... Yes. You get 13 tracks, great. Mm-hmm. Probably in mm-hmm. your head, you're like, awesome. We're going to put these out. Yeah. This will be fantastic. Yep. I'll go around and tour these. It'll be amazing. And then, of course, since uh-huh. I said February 2020, listeners know where I'm going, uh, the mm-hmm. pandemic hits, and you just can't do anything with it. Yeah, we, we went in the end of it was February 20th, 2020, and uh, two, two or three weeks later, yeah, everything shut down, um, and and shows uh, that that year, twenty twenty was was you know we had a fair, I would booked say, out. yeah, a, yeah, we had a, a good calendar booked out, um, and so so it was like, okay, we're gonna go in to the studio, and we're gonna make them, you know, then it's gonna this record, these songs, they're gonna take us from from you know, hopefully from here to. To hear again not thinking like oh man this is just gonna like blow up but it's like stair step yeah I, right it's like hey that, let's let's put these songs out and i i really do hope that it it does take us from this level to this level we're at least moving the ball down the field and yeah and then two three weeks later the world shuts down so it, it was and then over the next you know two three months it's like what and and for everybody right because nobody knew what was going on it was like what's happening and and there were thankfully we were able to like there were certain things that happened uh where looking back i I would say you know it was god's kindness and provision for us but it it was it kind of like bought us time where we didn't have to make like you know it wasn't like um you know everything shut down and then the next day we had to like move sell everything you know we we, it's like okay let's you know there was like the cares act which helped with like 
a couple of months of salary. It helped with like, uh, okay, we didn't have to pay the mortgage for a set period of time. So it, it helped with expenses. And, and then honestly, we had, there were cool stories of um, like, we had friends from church come drop off like 20 pounds of elk meat, like $400 gift cards to Kroger. And you were like, you know, it's like, you were like elk? Where where are elk in Georgia? Where yeah, did you like, get this wait, from? But I guess I'll wait, take what? it. <laughs> wait, how do we cook it? But, elk. Um, did you ask yeah. where where was the elk from? Yeah. I actually I, I do think I think it was from Montana. I okay. I, I'll have to I can't know that for sure, but I do that's where that's my guess. And you were but, like you're lucky. Montana's the only state I eat elk from. So otherwise I would yeah. send this away. But, yeah. Well, and it's funny because the first gig back after the pandemic in 2021, we played in Whitefish, Montana. Uh, and and had had elk. a killer elk like steak and yeah. You're like I'm I'm getting a little bored of this. I had several pounds of right. this at home. Could we yes. get maybe some whitefish maybe? I don't know. Right. Just thinking. Uh, yeah. With, with that I sort of wonder two things. I wanted to ask you about because I know you took some jobs over the pandemic to obviously mm-hmm. supplement, so you could have some type of income for your family. And then two, yeah. did you think about releasing it during the pandemic? Because there were a lot of artists that did release it, and I seen mm-hmm. up and downs for both of them. There were some people that released it, and boom, it was a great release, and then some that it fell flat on its face. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. So, you know, I feel like honestly, I, I kind of did a little bit of both because it was, we actually did put, um, we put a few singles out, mm-hmm. um, from the record. Mm-hmm. And w- so, like, when, when Adam and I, um, were talking about it, it was, uh, on one hand, it was just the, like you were saying, the, the just the, the, the plain truth of the economics of like, Okay, we don't have the cash flow right now to finish this thing. Yeah. So what 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 can we do um, to at least like make progress on it so that it's not, maybe we're like chipping away as right. opposed to like you know knocking it all out in two weeks and then you know we can can do it. So it was it was striking that balance of like um, you know and so he lived or he lives up in Portland, Tennessee, which is like forty. Or it's probably almost even an hour north of Nashville. It's like at the the line mm-hmm. uh, for Kentucky and Tennessee. And then I'm I was south of Nashville, mm-hmm. or still still am. So I would drive like an hour and a half to his studio, and uh, and then you know when we were done, drive home, and we we just we kind of pieced pieced it together that way. Do it either doing vocals or. You know, over overdubs for for mandolin, fiddle, you know, wh- whatever it was. Um, we didn't have to pay for studio time, which was great. So um, it was just a real slow patchwork over the. But, yes, but it was like, okay, let's work on this song. Let's finish. And and so, but the nice part about it was we just from what we had uh, tracking those two days in February, it was like, okay, we had we know. Um, we know which songs need like the most help or, or, you know, like need, need the most, uh, work. And so, um, like one song was, and actually ended up being the first single American dream. Mm-hmm. 
because it was kind of it's this rootsy americana like mm-hmm. uh, a little stripped down um it was like okay we can we can knock this out pretty quick and and i think it was it was a good lead single for us um when we released it it was around the fourth and so you know yeah. kind of coinciding and and so there were some timing things that that did work out um and, and so that, that was one um, of the ones that needed the least was American Dream. It was sort of the most polished yeah. so you could put it out. Yeah. And then then we did um yeah, we we did Waffle House, a uh, song called Crazy, um and then I think a couple others. Nice. Nice. Uh now, like you mentioned, I mean, a lot of these stories or a lot of these songs have great stories in them on 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 the album. I mean, you know, it's it's not just a direct I'm going to sit down and tell you a story but there's a story in there I mean American mm-hmm. Dream listeners listen out for the third verse is fantastic but in country music in general that's what it is a lot of the times is songwriting mm-hmm. uh, t- taking mm-hmm. yourself out of the running who would you say right now is like the current best storyteller in country music mm-hmm. would you say man you know so I, I honestly I don't listen to a ton of like country radio, mm. um, so I don't feel as educated in in saying like for mainstream. Um, if I did have to, from what I do listen to or what I know, um, mainstream wise, I would say um, like an Eric Church, mm-hmm. um, and, and and even um, I, I will say. I, I really enjoyed Luke Combs mm. and his, um, his the way that he he does like a, a fresh take. Mm-hmm. I think on on a lot of things that feels really authentic. Too. Yeah, and I and I think that that's important for nice. for songwriters. Yeah, for sure. Well, now uh, the title of the album is is Family Time. Part of that six weeks building or six years building up to it uh, was Family Time. Uh, mm-hmm. You, like we've mentioned, you now have three kids, have three sons, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. under the age of nine. Insanity. Pure insanity. It's, It's, Uh, yes. Our house is nuts. Wouldn't be able to handle one, let alone three. Uh, What what do they think of their dad being a musician? You know, it's... uh, That's a great question, honestly, because I, I think they're probably so confused like with like what does dad do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and especially with these last you know two or three years because you you would mention the other jobs but it's like so we for like a couple couple months into the pandemic we actually moved home mm-hmm. uh and lived with my parents mm-hmm. for a month and i i was a uh, working in my dad's flooring business and then uh you know moved back um, I worked as a, a janitor. Um, I worked as a, uh, for a home inspector, and so <laughs> they have seen me do a lot of, or you know, where they're asking like, "Yeah, they're like, Dad, what are you doing today?" And uh, it's like, well, it's like you're in a temp and, and, agency, and, or you're Mike right. Rowe. Well, I'm going to this dirty yeah, job dirty. today. <laughs> oh man, hundred percent. But uh, but yeah, they and. And I guess the one consistent probably over their lifetime has been, it's like, okay, yeah, well, that has a gig. And, you know, especially like, so we went out to, 
we had a run of shows in Wyoming, um, Colorado, uh, played out in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, we're traveling, it's like, we, you know, we were gone for a week, week and a half or whatever. And so they, that we hadn't done that in so long. They were like, uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, so they, that was kind of like a shock, I think, for everybody of like getting getting back into the routine of, of traveling and, you well, know. I, of, I'd say um, James gets it more than the others, right? Yeah, definitely. So Wyatt is our youngest. And so he, He's got no he idea. has no yeah, Yeah, he has no idea. Um, but James and Caleb, but definitely James, he he was like, oh, yeah, okay. He <laughs> I remember really, this. Okay, I remember this. Mom's going to lose it for a couple of days, but then we'll be okay. Probably because we she's got to take care of three ins, insane yeah. tornadoes for yes. for the time that dad's gone. Yeah, I could see how uh-huh. that might make a little bit of insanity go. Yeah. Do you think any of them, I mean, are they intrigued by the music? You think any of them want to jump into music? I, they all, um, they all, there's like a little bit of something there uh in, in a different way for all of them. So James can sing. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb, he, he, he has like, um, I could see him, you know, doing like drums, like some, some, I mean, and maybe playing, he, he's can sit down at the piano <laughs> and just naturally. Play. Are are you yeah. saying, are you saying there's a little bit of nuttiness in him? Cause that's usually the drummer. Oh, Caleb. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> drum, yeah. hundred percent. He's yeah. He's balls to the wall. He's our, our, wild child it's uh, the middle child then, he uh, has to do that yeah but then wyatt our third is he he can sing and he's the entertainer mm. so uh he could he could be the front man for the group usually usually the younger the youngest is that's usually mm-hmm. they got they they learn all the best skills from the the two older ones from the two yeah that's it yep well now i also noticed uh y- your wife uh is a fitness coach uh, shout out to all the professional fitness trainers out there. I was a full-time trainer for several years. Does, nice. she, does she keep tabs on your fitness? Is she is she out there making sure that you're looking fit and trim for the stage? <laughs> you know, actually, so this last run to Wyoming and Colorado, she she hooked me up with uh, she we, we she packed me a cooler with like uh, essentially breakfast and lunch for each day meal prep and oh man it was it was great it it was like i, I definitely ate way better um i felt better no more taco so, yeah. bell oh man no right yeah we uh there so we there's i don't know if you've had canes oh yeah uh, raising like canes the, the, yeah oh yeah raising canes yeah so i i did hit hit up canes mm. and there were a couple of other places where i, I went uh, straight for uh, a meal, but it was, yeah, she, I, and it was the first time she had done that, but at home, you know, she, she cooks and, and she, yes, she helps me stay somewhat fit. Some, somewhat, somewhat, somewhat. Hey, it's all in moderation. That's the important mm-hmm. thing. Well, now, now that family time is out, finally it's out. You've had a, a about a week to celebrate a little bit over there. Um, mm-hmm. what's the plans for the rest of 2022? Is it now since you can? Is it now? Hey, let's go out and show this thing off. Yes. Um, the the weird part of, uh, for me with this question is just 
the events that yeah have unfolded even this year so rewinding a little bit so back to 2018 in 2018 we bought a i bought a van because we were uh touring we were touring Mm -hmm. so much and i was renting them it was like man this is stupid i'm just gonna buy one bought a van but i had a buddy another singer songwriter country artist um he had a van he would rent it out and so i made a website and said you know i wonder if i wonder like if i ran a couple of google ads if somebody would fill this out and so i did and right away started getting leads for it so over the next two years um i you became a van rental store I rent, I rented the van, you know, so we, I started NashvilleVans.com and, um, and just over the next two years, it, uh, the van paid for itself just, you know, from rentals. Well, 2020, you know, and then, but in March of last year, the web, the leads on the website just went through the roof and, um, I like was getting five, 10 a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Okay. And this was kind of, you know, it was coming out like shows had were starting to come back, but it was not like, not like back where it was like, okay, this is going to be the main thing for us. Right. Um, so I bought another van and started renting that one out too. And immediately it booked up, bought another van and got a fleet um, of vans and, now. And, and at that point, my CPA said, "Okay, you need to you need to start you need to separate it out, start a company." And so we started Nashville Vans LLC. Well, now we have uh, almost we have nine vans, and we may have ten at the end of this week. Um, and and so it has been a runaway animal that I'm like trying to get my hands around. Accidentally and got into the van business. I did, and. Which again, like super thankful for it, but it's like, okay, it's weird now, you know, having this record because for the last, for the last four months, as I've been trying to get my hands on this van business, I've been turning down shows and left and right. Cause I can't, we don't have the bandwidth to do it. Um, so we, all that to say, uh, I have hired somebody, um, for to help run van manager yeah right we have an office manager who is also one of my fiddle players and so we we're putting things in place where we're actually starting to book shows again for this year and then we'll we'll see how it goes um into into 23 but um but yeah we've probably got i think there's maybe four or five shows on the books right now and then if we can um if we can put a few things in place, we could we could play some more shows this year. Yeah, nice, nice. That's what we want. I like that's right. You know, I mean, and then you know, you'll actually be able to pick and choose. Then it won't be like 2016. You won't have the the every uh, the everyday show going through the motions. It's only the fun ones. Yeah. Well, and honestly, so we're we're a little bit yeah we're a little bit there, and I've been thankful for that experience of like. Which is kind of why we, you know, I've been turning them down because it's like, well, one, I, it, it would, I would break, I would go crazy and just break my neck trying yeah. to do it all. Yeah. But, um, but it is, we also haven't, it's like, it's not like we've had to do it. So it's like, okay, let's, let's get, get Strategic. our hands around this 
Yep. And then, um, and but then that is my hope where it's like, okay, we've got this this thing corralled a little bit. Now we can put put some energy back into, you know, even hey, let's let's get back to let's write get, get back, back to writing. Studio. Yeah, go get back to the studio and then back. Let's get back to playing some shows. Awesome, awesome. I love it. Well, Bobby, congratulations on finally uh, getting getting the album out there. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love American Dream. Good song. Thank you. Um, we're up against a break, but uh, listeners, if you want to check out things Bobby Cool at his website, bobbycoolmusic.com. You can follow him on social media at Bobby Music, uh, Bobby Cool Music. Right now, let's take a listen to American Dream right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G a show, you just heard Bobby Cool with his fantastic song "American Dream." Fantastic to talk to Bobby there. Basically, uh, Claude, same same joke you had. All of the bank tellers doing doing the that's a cool name. That's that's a his music. Uh, his music so hot. He just needs to cool down a little bit. Oh, there's a new one. <laughs> that's. That's a unique spin on it, Claude. I like it. I like it. There we go. But making music when you got three kids, can you imagine, Claude? I can't take care of myself. I know you're in the same boat. We can't can't do that. Three kids? You know, three kids and making music, that's uh, that's an accomplishment because I've got uh, my hands full with, with one pupper. Yeah. So... I've got my hands kids. hands full with zero animals, zero kids, and zero <laughs> song creations. So, you know, I don't see how you, he does you it. Got a, you've got a, a bad podcast and radio show. That's what you've got. It's true. You hear that, listeners? It's endorsed by the co-host. He's not biased at all. Okay? No. Not biased at all. That is completely... We're not even talking hoops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if this was a if this was a basketball segment, then you would be like, okay, Claude's just, Claude's just excited. He's just high off the yeah. basketball. But now, no. That's straight, straight facts. Uh, Claude, <laughs> it's time for the fastest growing segment in the world. None other than the Doc G Top Sweet. Claude, I can't remember. I was trying to think about this. I think this falls into the same miscellaneous file. I don't think this was here the last time you co-hosted. This was not. No, this is new to me. This is very simple, Claude. Uh, We take a topic and we rank our three favorite things in that topic. So true. It's not too wacky of a concept. It's pretty easy. Uh, Yeah. Our topic today, something 
related to basketball, but not basketball, our top three Gatorade flavors. Ooh, I love this. Okay, okay. Think you, about it. How are we doing this? Think Do we, I need to go first? You go first. We're gonna alternate. So I'll go alternate. I'll okay. let you I'll let you make sure, you know, you can ruminate for a little bit as I as I go on my three. So my number we, are we starting from the bottom to yeah. the top? I need the order. Okay. Yeah. Three to one. R- reveal. Reveal our top one here. Now, my my number three, and this is mainly, I think, off of uh, basketball camp vibes, because this is the one that I always got at basketball camp. And so immediately, whenever I have it now, I'm transported back to basketball camp. And I'm like, oh, man. Game coming up, <laughs> late night game is always so awesome when you were at basketball camp and it's like 10 p.m. and you're still playing a game. And this is like when you're in like middle school and you're like, I normally have to be asleep at this time and I'm playing basketball. This is awesome. <laughs> and I'm not at home and I'm going to go stay in a dorm and do stupid. Shit. Yes, this is awesome. Like, ah, <laughs> love basketball camp, Claude. It's like one of the best times in the world. If you guys didn't go to basketball camp, you are missing out, listeners. You are missing. 100%. But Fruit Punch. Fruit Punch I had at basketball camp. I loved it. It's classic. They only had like three flavors, and that was one of them. That was always my go-to. That was always my go-to. You're number three, Claude. Uh, my number three is Cool Blue. Mm, I'm a cool blue kind of guy if I'm not feeling my other two. I hear you. I do like cool blue. I will say I've got, and that's very similar to my number two, which leads me into number two. This was one that one of my cross-country teammates introduced me to in high school. And at first when I had it, I was like, dumb, dumb. But then I kept having it and I was like, okay, this is awesome. And I got pretty addicted. That's a fact. Which would be Frost glacier freeze the f- okay yeah the f- that's an interesting yeah see i feel like you're gonna have these really cool ones and i'm gonna be very basic with mine hey no 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 blue blue is already gone out of the box of basic that's already outside <laughs> i i would consider that out of the box of basic um so yeah yeah number two for you all right, so uh, some clarity around this. It is number two on on my favorite list, okay. but it's number one on my all time list of personal favorites. If you can make the distinction, the reason being is when I was a child, I had this more than any other Gatorade, and it was the one that uh, oh, okay. I drank constantly. So, yeah, so, I hadn't said it yet, but so you're saying all time list, it hits number one. But currently, it's dropped to number two. Yeah, I, I think um, as far as favorites, it is number two. But a sentimental gotcha. value, in, yeah, intertwined in there, I'm going to have to, you know, then it would maybe be number one. But my number two is uh, the lime green, you know, the green Gatorade. I can't remember the name for it right now, the but it's the bright green. Are we talking lemon lime? Yeah, yeah. The the is it lemon lime? Not like the darker actual lime. Yeah, like you no know, Gatorade. I'm, the, like those are gross. Like the kiwi, no. Those like are gross. Yellowish green. Yes. Yes. Lemon lime. Lemon lime. Lemon lime. Lemon. That is my number two. Now, fun fact: that is my number one, Claude. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, so we're, we're not far off. No. We're not far off. I love lemon lime. Lemon lime, for the listeners who don't know, first of all, who the listeners don't know, Gatorade was made at the University of Florida, obviously yep. a Northeast staple here, and that was the original flavor was lemon lime. It's the oldest flavor, so most people go back to it. It's also mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's favorite flavor. Uh, How about that? I did not know that. Lemon lime, it's just classic, man. And it goes with me so much with like, because obviously I have Gatorade most of the time when I am thirsty. That's when I have it. Like when I'm like during during very long bouts of exercise that I know I need something other than water, I'll hit the Gatorade. And at those times, you really want something delicious. If you're sick. If you're ever sick, Electrolytes. take my word for this. Yeah. I bet you've done this before. Grab a cup of ice mm. and put the lime green Gatorade mm. in the cup of ice. Mm. Mm. A lot of people don't drink their Gatorade with ice. But when you're sick, that is the most refreshing beverage, I promise. Well, And you need, you need your fluids, folks. If you're sick, you need your fluids. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's a two for two there. Uh, okay, Claude, number one, what do you got? Uh, my number one, I know I've already got blue in here, but I guess, you know, my favorite color is blue. And But this is true. Uh, it, the past three, four years, it's overtaken lime green for me. Wow. And that is blue frost. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not blue. that's not far from the, the frost glacier freeze. So there you go. There you it's go. not far off. I think the cool thing about this segment is, is you and I uh, could mix and match and be completely happy I'd with be our fine. choices. Yeah, you you didn't you didn't have any out there that I well I mean let's be honest there's not going to be a, well there are like you said the the lime like cucumber what the is that no yeah no. no there there's a couple of them that that are just really bizarre but for the most part most Gatorades I'm gonna be okay with I'll I'll, I'll yeah I'll make it work. Like, I'll be honest, though. Like, when they do, like, the strawberry and, like, the, the grape by themselves, I'm not a huge fan of those. I mean, I, I again, I'll drink them, but, like, they're not, they're not really Yeah, me I'd rather just use those for a, you know, I'm not going to drink them mixer. on their own, so maybe use them for a mixer, and <laughs> then you don't feel as bad the next day because you drink some, uh, uh, basically, some Gatorade with basically your... drinking health juice here, guys. Come on, now. Yeah. Come on. It's yeah, I'm sa- encouraging it. It's the same thing I drink <laughs> when I'm sick. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, that is our Doc G top three. I'm, I've, I've lied to the listeners twice now, Mike. I uh, called. I told them that I was going to give them the Doc G top three segment for the next week. And here again, I, I haven't came up with the one for next week again. I'm sorry, listeners. I can't think <laughs> on. I can't. I can't get ahead of myself that far. I'm sorry, but. I promise. You've had a lot going on. It makes sense. It's I, okay. I promise. Next I, next week, listeners, it's going to happen. I'll have it. I'll have it for both weeks. Claude, <laughs> we, we need to wrap it up. We've got two birthday suits to go here. Uh, do you want the actress? Uh, well, we've got an actress or an actor. The actress is older. The, uh, like, older is in passed away. Uh, the actor is newer. Which one do you want first? Uh, let's go with, um, the deceased. Okay. 
Uh, born in Brooklyn, New York, August 17th, 1893. Jeez. Our birthday suit wearer loved performing and entertaining. She started entertaining crowds at the age of five at a New York, uh, or a New York church social. She started performing professionally at the age of 14. She appeared on Broadway for the first time when she was 18. Not long after that, she began writing her own Broadway plays and writing under the pen name Jane Mast. In 1926, she starred in the Broadway show Sex, which she wrote and produced and directed. She was arrested during the running of that show for, quote, corrupting the morals of the youth. She then starred in The Drag, another controversial play about homosexuality. She wrote more plays in the, in the late 20s and the early 30s like The Wicked Age, Pleasure Man, and The Constant Sinner. She made her film debut in 1932 in the movie Night After Night. Then in 1933, she starred in She Done Him Wrong. She also starred in I'm No Angel in 1933. By the end of the year 1933, she was the highest paid actress in America. She starred in Klondike Annie in 1936 and then Every Day's a Holiday in 1937. She raised eyebrows and was censored when she went on the ventriloquist show to promote the movie and she flirted with the ventriloquist dummy telling him, quote, he was all wood and a yard long. Then said, <laughs> I remember our date last night and have splinters to prove it. Yes. Claude instantly when I heard that quote, I, I, I love this lady. I was like, yes, yes, this is my type of lady. That's awesome. She went and think about that. It's in 1937. You know how insane people must have went at that in 1937. Uh, oh yeah. She went on to star in films throughout the 1970s and passed away in 1987. She was a pioneer for film, for gay rights, for feminism, and women empowerment. Name that birthday suit wearer. I am probably so far off here. Is it Audrey Hepburn? You are off. You are off. I have no, I have no idea. I know the name will ring a bell, I bet. May yep. West. May West. I have heard May West. Yeah, I have heard that name. That I wouldn't have been able to get this unless you told me, but I have heard the name. I, fi I figured the name would ring a bell. I, fi I think most people have heard that name, May West, and she was actually offered... The star role in Gone with Wind turned it down, didn't want it. Uh, oh, wow. Was not interested in it. And uh, she was, like I said, very progressive, very, uh, you know, advanced in her thoughts for the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. Uh, and that comment on the ventrilo ventriloquist show got her banned from radio for like 20 years. <laughs> like, not an exaggeration. Uh, now, just imagine, I'm saying that on the radio and people are like, meh, meh. Then again, nobody cares about our show, so it's a little bit easier that way. But no, 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 don't say that. And I, I've got to say too, I the reason I went with Hepburn is because I honestly am limited with my uh, yeah. my my historical knowledge there. So I threw out one name that yeah. I knew and just you know it was a hail mary. Yeah, I would say you know I, uh, Hepburn is is much younger than Mae West. But, I mean, you know, it's, I, I feel like a lot, a lot of folks could do a little bit of backtracking on the uh, historical American films, you know? 
Yeah. If you get yeah. A, if you get a chance, listeners, go out there watch some watch some May West. Get back there in the '30s. Live it up. You won't get half of the jokes because you're gonna be like, "What the?" <laughs> but it's fine. You know, you, it'll be informative. Uh, happy birthday, May West. Happy birthday. Uh, next one. Born August 17, 1960, in Santa Monica, California. Our birthday suit wearer's parents were both actors. At a young age, he started making short friends with his friends, uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. Those were his friends growing up. I had no idea that this dude was friends with those guys uh, as a uh, young young fella. His first role was in uh, 1981 in the movie Taps, where he played a mi- military high school cadet. Then a year later, he played in the very memorable role, one of my favorite roles of his, Jeff Spicoli yes! in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was the surfer Love dude it. that ordered a pizza in class, and I wanted to be <laughs> that dude from then on. I was like, what? It's so awesome. Pizza in class? I want to do that. Uh, in 1985, he, fi- he played in the film The Falcon and the Snowman, uh, he played in the highly acclaimed Dead Man Walking in 1995, then I Am Sam in 2001, then Mystic River in 2003. In total, he has starred in over 50 films and has won two Academy Awards. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. So if if you hadn't mentioned Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I would have had no idea. Um, uh, that movie is incredible. It's Sean Penn. Amen. Um, yes. And and fun fact, uh, there was a during COVID, uh, you know, the main uh, everybody was away from work and, you know, everybody's home. The main part of COVID, they actually redid a script reading of Fast Times to Ridgemont High. One of my favorites, you have Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, a um, lot of great, great names in there. But Jeff uh, Spicoli was portrayed in that. Uh, screen read by Shia LaBeouf. Mm, I, so I felt like watching Sean Penn in the actual movie and then the way Shia LaBeouf handled it, just great. I I, I saw like, you know, I saw bits and pieces of that as far as the uh the the reading of it, but I did I It never... was hysterical. I would highly recommend if you've got an hour of your day to just kill. If you're ever on a road trip and you want to, you know, you're listening to podcasts or you want to cut your music off for a minute and get a change of pace, change of scenery, then listen to that. It Um, is perfect. You can look it up on YouTube. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That sounds good. Well, happy birthday to Sean Penn. I am like yourself, uh, Claude. I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High. My brother loves it too. He would he would still put Dazed and Confused higher uh, than it as far as like high school movies yeah but right. uh, I, I both of them i love and spicoli is just so awesome it's just he makes <laughs> he makes the f up character of high school like he makes that guy and he makes him a lovable dude and he graduate he passes he passes mr hands class he's gonna yeah he's gonna <laughs> sail history it's just i mean it's fantastic sean penn fantastic actor turning 62, 62 wow. for Sean Penn. Yeah, long Happy time. birthday to Sean Penn. And, and I had no idea either. He was friends with Charlie Sheen growing up. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez, man. That's 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 wild. And I mean, you know, uh, both of those guys uh, starring in another huge 80s 
uh, movie The Breakfast Club. Huh? You know, Emilio Estevez is in there, and then Charlie Sheen is at the end of it, basically waiting in the uh, the principal's office there. Uh, so, oh wait, I got two movies confused. That's not that's uh that's uh, uh Ferris Bueller's Day Off that he's setting in. There the, you go. Uh, I was wondering for a second there. Yeah, but both great movies either way. All the movies we've mentioned are top-notch 80s movies killer man just classic and that that doesn't go I just rewatched the the predator series as well and you know they had the new movie prey come out and they started the predator series in uh uh what 84 or 87 something like that i think i want to say 84 that sounds right that sounds right yeah and and you're spot on that uh you can't beat a good 80s movie the action sequences in an 80s movie just, incredible just classic classic but uh happy birthday to sean penn happy birthday to may west happy birthday to robert de niro claude it has been fantastic having you on the show man can't thank you enough for being on the show we need to wrap it up though we have got cleopatric on the show next week they are a fantastic band they are currently touring europe right now so they're going to be connecting in all the way from another continent across the old pond there very exciting to talk to him though i uh, can't wait but until then we need to wrap it up uh as always i've been your host doc g with me one week get it guys get it soak up all the claude you can because he was here <laughs> you gotta feel him you gotta feel him. we we're, lived it we lived it together we're gonna have him back don't worry the the nba season is coming up in a mere two months so of course we will have claude on to talk his favorite thing in the world basketball real quick real quick just for the listeners Claude, is Kevin Durant going to be on the Brooklyn Nets at the start of the season? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've been saying for weeks now that I, I think it's all, you know, even though he wants out, um, he's either going to have to live with losing a lot of money like Ben Simmons did, yeah. or he's got to play one or the other. Because the Nets aren't going to get what they're asking for. No. Nope. They're just not. No. Nope. There it is. You heard it from Claude, everybody. That's your one nugget of NBA action <laughs> from Claude. For the show, MB, sign it and seal it. Kevin Durant on the Nets. There you go. Claude, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you, as always. Uh, love being on it, whether it's a segment or a whole show, and can't wait till the next time. For sure. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. <laughs>